Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. I'm your host, Bill Sickens. User-Friendly stands with our friends and colleagues in the Ukraine, and we encourage you to get involved. Check out WeAreTechnology.com and click on We Stand with Ukraine to join President Zelensky's United 24 program. You can contribute to many different things, including demining, healthcare operations, food operations, and much more, or just get the latest on what's going on from a reliable source. Jeremy, Gretchen, Bill, welcome to this week's show. Hello. 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 It's good to have, Bill, it's good to have you back. You haven't been on for a little while, so uh, good to see that you are still out there as we're getting towards the end of the year here. Um, you know, we only have one more new show for 2022, and then we've got some clip shows coming after that over the holidays, and then we've got some really cool new stuff coming next year. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Believe it or not, mm. next year is our 10th year. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's crazy. So user-friendly 2.0 will actually be in its fifth season, but the original version of the show started in 2013 back in the mall studio thing there that we've talked about in the past. And, uh, <laughs> yep. you know, it's just it's just kind of fun to still be out here and still be out here with our original crew. So, you know, onward and upward, as they say, I just I just think that's absolutely amazing. Hey, we got a great show coming up for you this week. We're going to be running some live interviews that Chaz did at his technology show last week. We got to hear from him on what the show was and what he saw. and. Now we're going to get some content from the people there about what they're doing specifically and how they're applying technology in many ways to the hospitality industry. So we talk tech, but you can use tech for very specific things. And that's something that we're going to be able to pick up on from there. The other thing we have this week for the holidays is something that I really thought was kind of cool. Annie is our guest. She's an artist at Forever Yours. And she does artwork based on your pet's pictures. And it's really cool. We'll get to hear from her a little bit here and see uh, what she does or we'll hear what she does. But we'll also give you a link so that you can check it out for yourself. All right, Gretchen, what do we have in the news this week? The future depends on chips. Is the U.S. ready? No, that was easy, huh? Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> a very, very succinct answer there, Bill. Uh, yeah, <laughs> But is so, it well, corn I mean, in- chips, potato chips? Well, I think what that we chips? might be fine with. Snack foods yeah. are, are are a good thing, but no, we're talking about microprocessors. And and you, know, hey, if you haven't been in a cave, you probably know that the last two years we've been having a lot of problems sourcing them. There's been supply shortages. It's caused the car companies and a number of other industries all kinds of things. It even delayed me getting the backlight for my television by like three months, wow. which is probably the least important problem. But it's all yeah. out there, you know. And it's getting supplies and these type of things. And it's interesting because. The United States really does dominate the design process. And most of what is done here, especially the software and the intellectual property rights, is based in the United States. The software that runs the chips is actually 96% worldwide done here, so it's almost exclusively. But the fabrication happens in Asia. So you're dealing with two very different things here where Stateside, only 14% of the materials to actually make microprocessors come from here, uh, where the rest is other parts in the world. And then the final steps of putting them together, testing and packaging is also primarily in Asia. Now, the thing about this is, is that when you have a situation where you can't ship the parts because of, oh, complications of COVID and the shipping channels being plugged up or not being able to get supplies or problems with them being made, 
China's had a zero COVID policy for a while now that's locked down a lot of the industry there to the point that Apple is looking to pull out of China for manufacturing of the iPhone and iPad. It does create some problems. So what they're looking to do and what they would like to do is move a lot more of the manufacturing back here to the United States. And in doing that, making it a little bit easier for these to come up with. The problem is, is it takes a long time to get chip manufacturing online. You don't just go, okay, we're going to start making this tomorrow and do it, you know, rent a store somewhere. You have to build the facility, get the tooling in place, get everything set up, you know. So moving in that direction is definitely something that they are wanting to do. They, uh, President Biden launched a or was at a launch of a new manufacturing plant in Arizona. So it's definitely a push. I know Intel's and, been ramping their stuff up here, Bill, but it takes some time to do it. Now, chips manufacturing, does that require like a clean room environment? Yeah, it's 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 uh, wafers are a clean room environment, very specific tooling. And then as chips get more complicated, the equipment to be able to do that has to also be in tandem with that. So when you make the size of the wires in the chip smaller or the capacity bigger, you have to be able to have all of that as well. So you're not just manufacturing chips. You're also putting together the engineering for the equipment and the tooling to be able to do that. So it is a very involved process. It takes some time to put together. They'll get there, but it's still a couple of years away, I think. It also requires a lot of water. Yeah, yeah. And see, that's the other big thing right now, too. And Bill, you're spot on on that. With the droughts that we're having everywhere, that doesn't help much at all. So, you know, and come to think of it, Arizona is kind of an interesting place to put a manufacturing plant because (laughs) of that. Hmm. But yeah, these are all definitely uh, things to take into consideration. San Francisco will allow police to deploy robots that kill. Okay, so that headline sounds striking. However, it is pretty spot on. Now, since this was originally announced, there's been a lot of pushback. So they pushed back the program. But um, it is definitely a weird idea to think about having robots and drones. Uh, They say they're going to be equipped to be able to use deadly force and only be used in extreme circumstances to save and prevent future loss of innocent lives. I think I might go yeah. watch RoboCop tonight. Yeah, I was going to say that's exactly what I thought of when I first heard that, is, you know, Ed 209 stomping down the street. Oh, no. Ah, great. Thanks. <laughs> All right. New quantum receiver, the first to detect entire radio frequency spectrum. Explain this. Yeah, you know, so what this is talking about is the idea of what you can tune essentially with a radio receiver. Okay. So to put this at a in an area that we're a little more familiar with is if you have a radio in your car in your house, you have FM, AM, you might pick up the weather band, you know, those kind of things. That's all what they're referring to as radio frequency spectrum. Now this is handled by the FCC. So different frequencies are used for different things, broadcast like FM and AM. Then you have stuff that your Wi-Fi runs on. That's all specified through IEEE specifications and licensed television broadcasts and on and on. But until now, you would buy a receiver that was able to pick up what you wanted to hear. So your AM, FM radio is not going to necessarily get television sound and your television radio is not going to be able to hear Bluetooth and so on. This device does it all in one unit. Now, there is positive and negative to something like this because while the technology does mean that you don't have to have separate devices to do separate things. It also would make it much easier to eavesdrop on secure channels and all that kind of stuff that the general public right now may not have a receiver for that this would actually do. But again, 
Marcher technology moving ahead and having even the ability to do this is kind of cool. So we'll have to see where this goes. And if this becomes, I don't see this being something that you uh, would buy off Amazon anytime soon. But hey, the tech's out there. Hmm. Construction begins on the world's largest radio observatory. Yeah, so this is something uh, South Africa and Australia, I believe, Western Mm. Australia. And they're putting this together. It's going to really give scientists a step up, almost like the new telescope, and be able to monitor and get a lot more information, that type of a thing. And it's interesting to see this investment because the radio telescopes that we have a lot of them are starting to get older and aging out. Uh, there was a big one in Puerto Rico that uh, was damaged due to one of the previous hurricanes that they're not bringing back online now, stuff like that. And having some new investment in technology like this is nice to see. It not only brings it back to the forefront so science can have it, but it gets us kind of back at looking at some of the things that these type of devices can detect, which tells us a lot, not just about who we are, but the universe and everything else. Cirrus XM flaw could have let hackers remotely unlock and start cars. You know, question comes to mind. Sirius XM is a satellite radio broadcasting service. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what we all know it for. But they do a lot of other stuff. I believe they do have video channels in certain situations. But the other part of it is, is things like traffic data, telemetrics in your car, all of that type of thing. You can do it using Sirius XM's system. I haven't been able to find an aftermarket stereo that has Sirius XM traffic, but a lot of the ones that are built in that come with your car do. And apparently they use this for a lot of other things. Well, if your car stereo is that connected to your car, it would be possible to send a signal to it to, as they say, unlock the doors or start the car or whatever. And that's kind of what they have going on here. And it's a situation that they're getting patched up, but it's not something I think that we'd all necessarily think about because you wouldn't think of using it for that purpose. But a lot of these technologies do a lot more than maybe what's on the table. We see part of it that uh, we use and are able to interact with, but there's a lot more going on. And this is just one of those examples. My understanding is they've got this patched. So I think we're okay on that front, but we'll keep you updated as we get more news from them. Stay tuned. We've got a great show for you this week. We've got the interviews coming up and we will be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. Send us your questions and your comments. Userfriendlyshow.com. One user friendly on Facebook and Twitter. We are also on LinkedIn. You can search for us there. And we are going to be on TikTok starting in January. So getting a little bit more into the social media. So we're going to be circling back to some more details from Chaz's show last week at the technology conference he was covering down there in Las Vegas. Got some live from the four interviews. Talking about technology and how technology is going to be applied to various specific things in the hospitality industry. So, you know, um, from that standpoint, I've seen some of this in the past. I know Caesar's Palace at one time had all these lights and things you could have in your hotel suite. And that lasted for about two years, I think it was. And then they stopped doing it. So I think these are things that are a little bit more to the point and usable than stuff like that. So let's find out. And let's see where we start here. All right, let's go ahead and cut it over to Chaz and take us away with your first interview. 
Hi, Bill. This is Chaz uh, back at the Blackfire Innovation uh, Technology Conference, the Nevada Hotel and Lodging Association uh, Technology Conference. And I'm here with Rich Siegel, president and publisher of Hospitality Upgrade. And I'm going to give him an opportunity to tell us about his magazine. Thank you. It's um, it's uh, 30 years we have been doing a publishing on we've been publishing on hotel as and technology. Uh, it's been a uh, it's been an amazing ride. It started as a newsletter and morphed into a magazine, and then from the magazine we launched the CIO Summit. That's where we bring technology leaders from around the world, from the big companies and smaller companies, uh, together. And then we our second event is our Executive Vendor Summit, which is the best event that I think that we ever created because it's only vendors, and in our industry, vendors have to work together. And uh, and they it, it's it, somebody once said to me a long time ago said this is the best in, this is the best event in the industry. There's no customers to get in the way. Way, which I thought was kind of interesting. So we do um, the magazine uh, in print. We do it digitally. We have a lot of e-newsletters and all that to reach in. Our readership is like 26,000 people around the world now. So. Awesome. So yeah. what is your magazine focused on? Um, it's all about technology. I mean, the, the, the focus is strictly a hotel. It started out as hotel technology. We morphed into um, we do cruise lines, we do vacation ownership, you know, um, and they, and now and we do gaming also. And um, but it's uh, the whole bit about technology is it's always changing, right? And um, so the fact is, you know, we we're proud of the editorial we've created um, that keeps people well versed on what changes are happening in the industry. So as far as technology goes, um, do you see any? Uh advancements in your magazine or changes in the near future? Um, well, you know, you're always trying to reinvent yourself, and I think that's a, a situation every business has, no matter what. Um, um, but, you know, it's funny because it, our printed magazine is one of the few magazines, I think, in the industry or the world that actually keeps growing. And I think, you know, we only publish it three times a year. We tie it into different events throughout the year and all that. So the support we get is pretty amazing. Um, we're always tweaking it. You know, we add different features. We do things that, you know, for the vendor community, but also for the readers that, uh, um, but nothing major. I mean, the, 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 the basis is that like, we're the source for technology in the hotel industry, and we, we're... We kind of own it, and it's kind of a good feeling that the fact that people want to know about technology and vendors that want to be recognized as players in the industry are a part of Hospitality Upgrade. Do you have a website that they can subscribe to your magazine? Absolutely, hospitalityupgrade.com, um, and just click on register. You'll see it right on that page to um, subscribe to the, uh, to the magazine and the e-newsletters. The e our magazine comes out three times a year. Our e-newsletters come out bi-weekly, and um, so it's part of, um, that's where a lot of the growth has come from the e-newsletters, the digital, you know, the magazine is in print and digital too. So. Well, I appreciate your time, Rich, and I hope you enjoy the Blackfire Innovation Technology Conference. Well, thank you for taking a few minutes to, to let us share what we do, and uh, it's great meeting you, and we're going to love, we're, we, we love the conference, and we hope that it gets bigger and bigger as the years go by. Outstanding. Okay. Take care. Jazz, thank you for that. You know, the show is really interesting and some of the cool stuff that we got to see and the pictures that we posted on our social media last week of things like the holographic screens and the tables and some of these other things that they are putting together, it's going to be kind of fun. I need to get back into a casino and see what some of this new technology is. And let's find out about the next thing. Chaz, back to you. Hi, Bill. I'm here with Chris Blevins, product manager for JCM Global. Uh, he's going to explain to us uh, and the listeners about cashless play. All right, so JCM Global makes all of the cash products that go into uh, slot machines uh, on a casino floor. So all of the, the cash validation that happens is being done by JCM devices in most cases. 
Uh, so we've built a highway to those cash devices for all of these cashless wallets to use to pass digital funds from your bank account all the way down to a slot machine. So we've built that highway and we're agnostic, so any of the cashless wallets providers that are out there, they can use our platform instead of a casino needing to only use their existing infrastructure, they can use the JCM infrastructure also. So we're basically uh, making things uh, more accessible for all of our casino customers to be able to move to cashless. Okay, and how does cryptocurrency fit in here? Uh, so that's more on the side of our, our partners for the, that build the wallets. So th those wallet providers have different ways to fund your wallet. So one, one possible way is to go to your bank account to add funds. Uh, those providers also have different um, access fees to get to crypto. So if you have a crypto balance and you want to transfer crypto funds into your wallet, they will make those funds available also. Wonderful. All right, so what do you see as far as any advancements in the near future or long term? Uh, so, so right now, casinos and the regulation regulation market are still kind of reviewing everything. So uh, a lot of, I think there's about 20 casinos that are all fully cashless right now uh, with these wallets. So I, I just see more expansion on existing technology. I don't think, uh, I haven't seen anything new that's coming around the corner is it's just regulators slowly allowing us to do more and more so I, I think what we're going to see is the regulators are, are making things easier for us to allow all of these transactions to happen um, but as far as the technology the technology is already ready we've, we've got Bluetooth we've got NFC so all of that technology is already ready to work with your phone so um, it's really just the regulation side that we need to, to see change. All right. I appreciate your time, Chris, and you have a wonderful time. You got it. Chaz, thank you for that. You know, Jeremy and Gretchen, you know, we obviously all used to live in Las Vegas, what, 20 years ago now or something? Yeah, it seems like forever. I can only imagine how different it is down there these yeah. days. It's an ever-changing place. The football place. team and, and all of that. And the, there's a tram, I think, on the strip now and stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's a there's a giant Ferris wheel, too. Yeah, that's right. There is, isn't there? And, uh, yeah, oh, man, I just... And it's typical Vegas. You know, everything changes anyway. But now we're bringing in some of this tech, and it's it's just got to be kind of cool. I, I don't know. I still think if I was playing a table game like Roulette or Craps, I'd like the idea of being able to have a dealer and you know, do the normal thing and have the social, but the stadium seating and some of the automation that they're talking about with this, I can see where it does make sense when it gets really busy. Yeah. It gives everybody a choice, which is kind of cool, you know, but, and that's just one area of the new tech we're seeing. So, all right, well, listen, after the break, we're going to be talking about art and Christmas ornaments, and then we're going to go back to Chaz for some more interviews. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. One user friendly on Facebook, one user friendly on Twitter. Check out our social media or userfriendlyshow.com is the place to send your questions and your comments. Joining us now is our guest, Annie from Forever Yours. Annie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you here. 
So I know before we started recording today, I got a chance to look at your artwork. So, and I thought it was absolutely incredible. So what I'm going to do is just tell us a little bit about what you do and what it is, and then we can go from there. Sure. So um, what I do is I, people send me their photographs and then I turn it into art. So mainly I work with acrylic paints and do, um, I call them fine art pet paintings. Um, I think it's just like a more elevated pet portrait. And then I also do like right now for Christmas, I'm doing ornaments where I take wood blanks and then I color them with color pencil. And then I um, gloss them with a gloss varnish. Ooh, nice. Cool. You know, the, the piece you gave us was really quite beautiful, and it was done, I know, from a photograph. So what got you started in doing this? Um, so this is, it's funny that you asked that. Uh, this is something that I've kind of picked up and dropped just for years of my life. Like, I've always, like, as a little kid, I was always, like, that weird little art kid that was just always, like, in the corner drawing. And then people started asking me to draw things as I got older in high school. They're like, hey, can you, can you paint this photo for me, or... And so it's like something I always did as a hobby and it never really occurred to me until I got older that I could actually do that as a profession. It's not something that a lot of people are able to do. And I didn't realize until recently, like how unique and special that is to be able to do that. Yeah. Painting animals Uh, is really difficult. Yeah. That's a, that's a high skill. Yeah. Thank you. Um, So yeah. So it's just something that, I've done my whole life. And then recently I was like, oh, well, maybe I should just do this. So how long how long have you been doing it professionally? Um, so this is my first year. So I had some, you know, events happen in my life earlier in the year. And I just needed some time off from the professional office I was working at. And then I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to give this a shot and see how it goes. So it seems like this is a really cool, unique gift for the holiday season. And we're right in the middle of that right now. If someone wants to order something like this, how do they do it? Do they just get a hold of you through a website or something and send a picture? How does that work? So um, it's a pretty simple process. So they just pick whatever favorite photo that they have, and then they can email it to me at foreveryearsart at gmail.com. Um, and then I just, I, you know, we pick a size or whatever. They send me a payment. I can send them an invoice or they can Venmo me. It's just very easy. And then um, right now I'm at about a week to two week turnaround, but then I just take their photo. I either paint it or draw it or whatever they requested. And then um, if they're local, then we can meet up or I will just ship it to them. Okay. So that sounds like, like a really easy process. So out of the stuff that you've done, do you have a favorite? Is there something you prefer? What, what, what do you like out of all of this? Um, you know, I like all of it. <laughs> I love love the pencil work. Um, You know, I started doing this as just acrylic paintings, but uh, the color pencil works really fun for me. It's really fast. I can do a lot of it very quickly um, for the ornaments and things like that. So I started with the wood ornaments and then I started doing four by six um, color pencil portraits on the wood planks as well. Um, Just because those are really just fun for me to do. No, that's cool. And it looks like, according to this, you have a store on Etsy. Tell us about that. Yes. So I, I'm a fairly, like, just joined Etsy a couple weeks ago. Um, but, you know, like, my process now with just having people email me photos and then send me a payment, 
I just felt like there's a lot of people, like, if you don't know me, maybe you want a more official checkout. So I opened up an Etsy shop so people can go there to buy things and kind of get that extra, you know, that there is an actual shop they're buying from uh, for people that want that. So my Etsy shop is Forever Yours by Annie. Um, so if anybody doesn't want to just contact me, they can go there. And there's, um, I have original paintings there for sale as well. All right, sounds great. Forever Yours by Annie. We are going to go ahead and put out your information on our social media so everybody can get it from there instead of having to try and stop and write down right now, which is something I know I don't do well, especially if you're driving or something. Drive. We'll get you the information on how to get a hold of Annie and get your pet portrait done and look at her other artwork. And it's really worth checking out. Just just a really, really cool thing. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We're going to circle back to Chaz with another interview live from the floor in Las Vegas. Chaz. Hi, Bill. Uh, yeah, I'm back at the technology conference, the Nevada Hotel and Lodging Association Technology Conference at the Black Fire Innovation Center. Here with Joanna Bowie. She is the president and CEO of Smart Faucets, and she's also an author. I'm going to let uh, Joanna tell us a little bit about her product and her book. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Joanna Boy, owner and inventor of Smart Faucets. Today, I'd like to introduce a little bit about myself. I came from a very happy family. So my mom, after having seven kids, she realized that when the kids go to bed laughing, they wake up laughing. So she tickled all of us until we all laugh. So my whole family is always laughing, and everybody keeps asking me, why are you so happy? So I decided to write this book, How to Be Happy Forever. It's sold at Amazon if you'd like to buy it, or you can email me at info.smartfaucets at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to send you an, um, a copy. So I came from uh, Singapore. I graduated um, with the University of Singapore with a double major in economics and mathematics, I'm also the top 5% stockbroker with Merrill Lynch, Bank of America, Citibank, and I can show you how to invest in the stock market without losing a dime. So what is Smart Faucets? Smart Faucets is a pattern-right approved technology with preset timer and temperature. It's been lab-tested by Marymount University of California to save 40% water, gas, electric. Smart Faucets combines a motion sensor faucet with our smart touchpad to improve sanitation, convenience, and water conservation. In April 2021, I won the top prize award for new technology innovation by ABAOC. The top judges were Walt Disney and Southern California Gas Company. With the current pandemic and worldwide shortage of clean drinking water, auto shuttle faucets is not only increasing in demand, but soon be a daily necessity. Unfortunately, the only auto shuttle faucets is the motion sensor faucets, but it often fails, hence you only see them in public restrooms with multiple sinks and not in hotel rooms with only one sink. The reason being is because the motion sensor has high battery failure and requires constant changing of batteries. Smart Faucets uses a hydroelectric power battery that's rechargeable by the maids, which makes you look a lot more environmental, not having to flood the environment with millions of batteries. Smart Faucets have been lab-tested by IATMO for 500,000 hits, 
quit without failure, which will give you a lifespan of 30 years if used 50 times a day, making us the most reliable, durable, economical electronic faucets in the long run, even more economical than manual faucets with savings in water, gas, electric. Smart faucet is now funded by PACE, which is approved in 20 states, is a government-backed financing where owners can install smart faucets with no money out of pocket and even receive $150 federal tax credit per unit installed. To qualify for pays, smart faucets must be green and last more than 10 years. Smart faucets can also be an individual, individual touchpad that attaches to your beautiful faucet to replace your faucet handles for added sanitation, convenience and water conservation, both for bathroom sink, showers and bathtub. Smart Forces is coming up with a new design with digital advertising. Have you seen the gas station with the little TV screen above the, the gas station? That company sold for $100 million, and half the time I only look at it for two seconds. With Smart Forces, we can have undivided attention when you're brushing your teeth, washing your face, shaving, and washing your hands. We get 500 times more attention than the gas TV ads. Do you know that if we even charge 10 cents per 10 seconds, rotating at a rate of 10 minutes, smart faucets can generate $10 million in digital advertising revenue per 5,000 rooms in Las Vegas. So what's so special about smart faucets? We own the pattern on the timer technology. We default at 5 seconds. Why 5 seconds? Because it takes only 3 seconds to fill up your cup. So while you're brushing your teeth, water is shut off, saving 2 gallons of water twice a day. Smart faucets also own the pattern on the preset temperature. A lot of water is wasted adjusting that water temperature. Do you know that 6 seconds adjustment 20 times a day and I'll save you another 2 gallons of water? With a savings of 4 gallons of water a day, that's 1,500, gallon, 1500 gallons a year. 10,000 rooms means 15 million gallons saved. Southern Nevada Water District is offering a water rebate of $45 per thousand gallons, up to $100,000 per building. For new construction, smart faucets can help qualify for smaller water pipe and can save you millions and thousands of dollars on monthly water service fee and water connection fee. Smart faucets own the pattern on the timer technology. We can help prevent bathtub overflow. Bathtub overflow is a very costly weekly affair in Vegas and it can help save millions of gallons of water. Smart faucets can also help avoid the first splash of cold water by placing outside the shower, so you will not have to um, turn on the shower with, um, when you're inside and get a first splash of cold water. Most importantly, smart faucets more than pay for itself in the kitchen sinks. It can help save as much as $4,000 a year in paper towels labor costs disposing that paper towels and water gas electric because by law, kitchen uh, staff cannot touch the dirty faucet handles after they wash their hands, hence they grab a bunch of paper towels to turn off the faucets. If you even save $10 a day in labor costs disposing those paper towels, we save $4,000 a year plus paper towels. Smart faucets also allow you to put a label with your hotel name and logo that offers free advertising and sanitation. Unlike most touchless technology that costs you money, smart faucets actually save you money in water, gas, electric, paper towels, and even pays you money with $150 federal tax credit and Nevada water rebate and digital advertising. 
While most green innovations save only one natural resource, smart faucets make saves all four natural resources. It makes you look environmental, socially, and sustainably responsible. Smart faucet is the faucet of the future. Thanks, Joanna. I appreciate your time, and we look forward to speaking with you again. And、uh, enjoy the conference. Thank you, Chaz. Thank you. Smart faucets sound like something interesting, and having that in a hotel would be kind of cool. I might have to check that out. That might be an upgrade for next year here at my house. See how it goes. I'll let you know. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. You know, it's always interesting listening to live interviews, and I wish we could do that a little more often. But it's kind of cool to hear other people's perspectives on some of these products and some of these smart things, and especially how they apply them to different industries. You know, it's just、uh, it's just interesting to see what there is. So, you know, switching hats a little bit here, we've been hearing about one D and D Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm led to understand this is some sort of a new version. Bill, do you want to kind of just give us a quick rundown on what that is? Well, from everything I've been able to read, what they're trying to do is stop the edition thing. So it will be backwards compatible with fifth edition, which is the current running edition.、Um, they're going for more of a live updating model.、Uh, changes to certain things. They're listing more to.、Uh, The surveys and stuff that they put out on what they call Unearthed Arcana, which is their playtest material. So they're really trying to merge everything in to make it a more unified game in a way. I mean, it is very unified in Fifth Edition, but you know, also with the the political climate climate and stuff, they're trying to change certain wordings, changing the background histories of certain races and creatures and such that were in the game.、Uh, To satisfy people who are getting upset about a fantasy game, but、uh, okay. the other aspect is they're attempting to make their own virtual tabletop, like Roll Twenty,、hmm. and、oh. that has been kind of a point of concern for some people. In that, you know, worrying that if that is people's interaction with the game, are they going to become more limited on how they think about the game in total? Um, you know their their creativity. You know if they're kind of limited to having to buy resource packs and things like that. You know it's it's one thing when you're using theater of the mind on a play mat like we used to do versus、um, you know when you have asset packs for you know oh here's the generic dungeon here's a generic cave you know how do you really grow and expand what you're doing you know、uh, as a climate of、uh, creativity. You know, and this this I can see being an issue because the whole idea, of, at least for me, of things like Dungeons and Dragons is there's a, the social component. Now I know we've been doing this online a lot, just with COVID and some of the other things, and it's easier for distances. But I wouldn't want to see something where it would completely take that away or stifle and, creativity. Yeah, yeah. So I I see that's going. So we're gonna have to see how this plays out and and what's gonna end up happening. I know you can play test this now, but it's not completely out yet. 
Um, so as you know, time goes by, we'll see where they end up. So we'll keep you up to date on that. And next year, probably have some more information. And until then, this is User-Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0, copyright 2014 to 2022. User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. All rights reserved. The views and opinions on this show are those of the host and not necessarily those of the User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensed by BMI. Hosting provided by WeAreTechnology.com. Podcast available at userfriendlynation.com, theanswerportland.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.